Bienvenue à Léa. Merci, comment ça va? Euh, euh, oui, oui, euh, merci. Bien. Uh, non, c'est fini. Damn it. Asterix, uh, cool. Obelix. Uh, how are you doing? I am very, so very tired. Uh, last night, uh, at midnight 15, I went, uh, to, uh, I went to see the, the Avengers with uh, Deborah and Devin and Danae. And so, and that apparently is a long movie. So apparently we were back home by 4 a.m. Oh my gosh. And then I had schedule a coffee with a friend at 9 a.m. So I had like three hours sleep for <laughs> me. It's not fun. I'm so very tired, but it's okay. I had coffee. <laughs> we can do this. Nice, nice. On the, on the upside, it's better than recording at midnight. <laughs> yes, yes, that's very true. How, how was your week? My week's been good. Um, as the listeners will notice, I kind of have a bit of a cold that's developing right here. So apologies for uh, my voice on the show. So this is going to be a great episode. But nice. Yeah, I'm full of energy. Uh, well, well, ready to start the show. So let's do it. Do you have some follow-up? Let's do some follow-up. <laughs> What was that long sigh? I was I was thinking of a transition, but I'm so slow that I couldn't come up with it with one in time. I was going to say something like, "I hope we don't crack under pressure." Ooh. Or, <laughs> um, so what you're referring to is um, the stories that came out about the Samsung Galaxy Fold, um, mm -hmm. which we talked about on the show in previous episodes. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't talk about it like in the show because I don't think that's like the kind of show. Like technology news or whatever, but because we talked about it, now it's follow up, and so we yeah, maybe um, it. just really quickly, I want to be boasting because I called it a piece of shit, and the company kind of delayed the release of it, and now it's kind of in limbo. Like, who knows if this will ever be released as a product? Um, why? Because this is a uh, folding phone that cracks when you fold it. <laughs> It just seems like it just seems like a bad design and uh, kind of a bad QA product. Like, yeah, that's it. That just I, kind of worries I, them. But. I still think it's too harsh to call it a piece of shit of a product itself. Uh, I think it just uh, Samsung historically has been very driven by like being first to market or whatever, and uh, you know, famously, their phones exploded for a while. So, you know, they, they clearly, I think they really prioritize being first to market and actually shipping than any kind of quality control or something. And so the, the, just the fact that all of the review units, like everyone's had some kind of issues with this device. So this only leads me to believe like they had to know that there was something wrong with this. Yeah. But like they, it doesn't make yeah, sense. They still wanted to, they were pushing really hard to just, you know. That's not a problem that occurs like two years into using this product, which honestly, like, <laughs> I I feel very worried to to know like where that product would be in two years. But um, this is something that shows up after two days. <laughs> mm -hmm. Like, God knows what happened. Anyways, I just wanted to boast <laughs> about me being right. Okay, you um, have your point. So, <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, another one, another one piece of follow up. A uh, friend of the show, Kevin Gutowski, uh good old Kevin, he tweeted at us uh, to let us know, like to, to show off some, some very cool UI in, uh, in the current version of Keynote for, I want to say iOS, but I, I think this is only specific um, to iPad. And uh, it's, it really is fascinating. It's really cool. It's, it's, it's you know, we've been kind of, you know, lamenting or moaning about the fact that oh there's no innovative ui this is pretty cool this is really really cool um keynote again is one of i think it's one of the best apps out there for any platform <laughs> i love that little app uh, and so uh thanks so much kevin we're gonna put links in the show notes uh that tweet so y'all can just uh click you know open the link and, and see the, the the pictures yeah i don't know if it, this ui is new or if this has been there for a long time this definitely was the first time i saw it um for me and i yeah i love it like it's it's so much better than even the desktop version 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's and it's surprisingly powerful. It has like many controls. Uh, one thing to note: it has no stock <laughs> UI kit elements. Like everything here is custom. Um, and I think it was uh, Benjamin uh, Mayo who was pointing out that um, the keynote and uh, general like iWork apps have always been kind of ahead of the curves in terms of UI compared to the other apps on the system. Mm-hmm. Um, and he showed a video, I'll try to find a link for the show notes, of, um, I think it was Phil Schiller that was demoing um, like a super old version of Keynote um, for like pre, the pre-iOS 6 days that had the literal drag and drop UI like interactions that mm-hmm. just got released in iOS 12. Like mm-hmm. the same, same thing, like tap and hold, the um, little slide like lifts up, you can tap with multiple fingers to add more. It's like identical. So wow. that's oh, kind of, to see that. That's kind of crazy. Like <laughs> even some yeah. of the things that we think like, oh, like this is something new that they added. Uh, turns out there's like roots in some things that were done in the past. Um, but yeah. So I, it's like the, the iWork team is actually R&D for apple <laughs> basically um and honestly i think they should be pushing more things i feel like they they are like great the interfaces that they're uh, they're rolling out like i've i've said this before like even if i didn't know about the transition ui that the especially this the keynote app like because i don't really use the other um i work apps but the keynote app is the best like power user app on ios i think like it syncs incredibly well. Like there's so many powerful features. You can do mm-hmm. like a full on presentation, no problem, right on the iPad. And I like how how versatile the little app is because uh, you know the trend is that design tools, power tools, you know, whatever Pro Tools, they get more and more complex because they get more and more uh, capable, and so they they increase complexity to allow you to do more. And so and that is like something valid, something uh, valuable, right? Uh, but then what happens is that it's just too hard to to get into, and I think a classic example is like FrameRx, which is allowing for so much more. But yet now the barrier of entry is just so much. You know, it, it's a big ask. And so Keynote, like once I saw um, a while back, like a couple of years back, there was this uh, WWDC session about how Apple designers prototype stuff, and of course they use Keynote and they use Xcode or whatever, uh, and just like the versatility of keynote is so awesome it's so cool they're like i most of the little marketing videos for netlify i've been using keynote for like either some or you know just partially just some partial animations or the whole video is made in keynote just because it's so easy and capable and like it's so just easy to get into do something and, and leave right um that it's that is something that i think a lot of companies and a lot of people don't really value like versatility it makes something that is so simple that you can just use it for use cases that you did not anticipate for right yeah. i bet when they were building keynote they were like oh you can build prototyping things here or like you can build video animations you know that was not the the use case that was not the market that was not the, the target audience but yet when you build something that is simple and capable and uh, solid then you can use it for whatever. Yeah, and I guess that's part of what makes a an app a pro app is that like the use cases like even though there might be like there might be a primary use case for the app that people find creative new creative ways to use it that you would have never expected. Mm-hmm. Um so yeah, like there are good apps. It's just there's not that many of them. I I'd say like on the um third party side of things, LumaFusion is definitely like an amazing app uh, that lets yeah. you do incredible things. I think UI wise, like there's still there's a lot of weird edges. Like it's definitely not the polished kind of app, um, but in terms of functionality, it's really impressive. But here's the thing: if Keynote was not part of Apple, if it was like an independent company or product or whatever, uh, I don't think it would survive because like you would have to charge for it somehow to make money. Uh, and if you were to charge for Keynote most people would be like, ah, no, I'll just use, you know, Google Slides or whatever, something free. Yeah, so definitely. It's also, like, I, I'm really happy that this team still gets resources and time and, like, 
Apple lets them play. <laughs> uh, I hope that remains. <laughs> you know, I don't want to see them go away. But anyway, cool, 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 cool. Uh, that's it for follow up. <laughs> All right, so for main topic this week, this is something I've been thinking about that's kind of like a evolving theory of mine. So my, I'd say like the degree to which I'm confident about this is about 60 to 80%. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm still developing this theory, but hey, this is why podcasts are good, right? Like I can kind of talk things through, yeah. get other opinions and um, kind of evolve my thinking. So. My theory is that every great products um, require a good dose of irrationality. So what I mean by this is that if you make decisions based on like a spreadsheet and have everything be prioritized and like you're just being rational about it, like, oh, like how much time does it take to do X like versus doing this other thing? Like, how do we weigh the pros and cons of what we should be doing? Uh, I think what you end up with if you use this approach uh, and in some some cases, like it might be fine. Like, I'm not saying that you always have to go the other way and always be irrational because I think going too irrational is also a recipe for failure. But um I'd say, like, if you're really, like, just following, you know, kind of here, like, being making logical decisions, basically, um, all the time, you'll end up making something that's okay at everything, but that I don't think will be great at, like, in specific ways. Um, so, some examples I mean by that, like, we were talking about, like, great interfaces for the iPad. Um, like, for example, like that interface has custom designed illustrations for every single one of the transitions. That must have taken a really long time to make. Um, also, like even in the small details, like the buttons bounce back and forth. Um, and obviously the time it takes to make a button bounce versus uh, not uh, is very different than like <laughs> illustrating, I don't know how many, like 20 different animation styles. Um, but these are things that I feel like if you put them on a spreadsheet of, hey, how do we, what do you, we prioritize um, for this product that I think would fall down at the bottom of the list. Why? Because um, like what kind of matters is the functionality and like people's ability to know how the, how the interface use is working. And in reality, like we've been using the Mac interface for a really long time and it never had icons and people were fine with it. You get the preview and then you can tell what it is. Um, but someone was like, no, <laughs> I think they should have icons and it's worthwhile spending the time. And maybe that means there is one less transition. And like granted, like I'm oversimplifying things that like not everybody's working on the same thing like the person who's designing the icons is probably not the same person who's designing for example like the writing the code for the for the transitions animations to happen but in the grand scheme of things like that's the time that that person could be spending doing something else um so that's kind of exhibit a um i feel like i've been talking for a really long time uh, i have other examples that i can go over but i want to kind of here are some of your your initial thoughts on this. Like, I can relate where you're coming from, and I agree with the premise and all. I just don't think that uh, when you say that these are things you can't really put on a spreadsheet, I think you can. We are just not mm. good at it, and we don't have the metrics in place, and it's not. It's all very new because uh, you know we keep saying like, oh, you know, just little user delight or something is it's something that you can't really track or measure but it has value well well we can't track i don't think it's not we can't it's just that we're not good at it but there is a way that is something you can quantify somehow we just don't have the tools there um so all of these like little things they could like they have to have science behind it like there's it's not like illogical no there are there, there is logic to it 
we are just not good at tracking it. So we kind of have to like just shoot in the dark, right? And just trust our instincts. But yeah, does it does it make sense? I think it makes sense. Like I agree with the general idea that like these things do make a difference. Part of me feel like even if we were able to track them, these are the kinds of things that there's not a single point that will be like a huge improvement that I, part of me feels like it's a collection of tiny things that just amount to an overall experience that people feel happy with but like a special mm. uh, specific like button bounce like it's like how do you measure the roi on on that like i don't know <laughs> um and like do people feel joy <laughs> because that button has like a slight bounce animation i don't know about that actually right um but like but like imagine this this uh sci-fi scenario in where we have all the biometrics and all the tracking uh tools and so if you have like oh for every little uh, tapping interaction maybe animation that one little bounce you get three happiness points and so if you add all the points in like a user flow using your app if the happiness points uh you know surpass like 20 points then the person will be happier if the person is happier and just in a better mood there's this correlation like people will buy more stuff if they're in a good mood and they're in a bad mood then yada 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 you make all the math then there's an actual roi 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 i can't say that um yeah, you know what I, I mean, mean? I, <laughs> like, I certainly do. There's science behind it. We just yeah, we just I, can't see it. I but cer- certainly yeah. like see where it's coming from, and I agree with that. That like in an ideal world, there would be a way to measure it. Um, it actually reminds me of a research um, a study that we've done at Shopify. Like you can actually get um, it's basically like a helmet that measures your brain waves, uh, and so <laughs> we uh, are one of our researchers was kind of like testing out this this approach for doing user testing where we would take people through a specific flow uh buying a product and we'd basically like see what their brain waves <laughs> would do. Uh and it was really interesting. Uh like we could see that some some aspects like they would just sometimes like be looking at something and we'd see that immediately like the brain wave starts like spinning. So that means like people are are having like more cognitive process <laughs> happening to be able to like understand right. and like parse right. this interface or this step of the flow or even making decisions for example um and that's been really interesting because when we ask people like no like this is generally fine like this is kind of what i what i expect but when we see what their brain waves are saying we're like hey like this part of the process is so much more brain intensive than this other part and mm-hmm. we're like okay how how might we make that better? Um, so that is certainly like, I think in the future, like we'll get closer and closer towards measuring things like this uh, most of the time. Right. Uh, for having done like some of the analysis on those, the end results we've been getting lately is like pretty fuzzy. <laughs> it's It's more or less like a, okay, like what is the scale of brain activity? And it's hard to tell if it's positive or negative. <laughs> um, so we can't really isolate mm-hmm. like specific feels, <laughs> basically. Um, and and it, it might be hard to me- measure against control. Like what is the normal brainwave for someone tapping a button without animation versus with animation? Uh, <laughs> I'd actually be curious to like run that exact test. Yeah, I would love to know um, this. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, like I do think technology is pushing us closer to that. Um, and to some extent, I feel like if you do have like the perfect handle on that prioritization, sure, <laughs> you know, like do it. Like you're great. Mm-hmm. And I think many teams kind of think that, but I would argue that this is not the reality we live in. <laughs> and that sometimes having, having someone who can be extremely kind of opinionated in something and sort of irrational, um, just like pushing things forward that kind of short circuits that like it just like ends up saving you a long time um Mm -hmm. like one thing i've been thinking a lot about too is like the sort of like founder versus ceo (laughs) uh mentality like where 
I think the founder of a company like will have this this pass where they can go and be irrational in much more situations where it'll be like, well, you can disagree with me, but I made this company, so. <laughs> um and like this is kind of like the the apologies for all the non-apple people here like i'm not using this as like necessarily a uh the end all be all but just like a comparison it's kind of like this the steve jobs type where i think you can create like tons of spreadsheets and get a million data points and prioritize things to death or you can have someone that's like Steve Jobs that's just like really good at knowing like what should be done. <laughs> and mm-hmm. this says like, well, I haven't run any numbers. I haven't looked at any anything. I haven't talked to anybody. But this is what's good and therefore we will do it. Um, and in many cases, it's like, damn, like the guy was right. He was also sometimes wrong. Um, but like this this idea, I think kind of is a way to sort of save you time in some cases. But the giant caveat is, but you have to be right. <laughs> um, hey, and it's a risk. Like, for example, like most most people aren't Steve Jobs. <laughs> I'm not Steve Jobs, <laughs> and I think this is where why we do ha- like try to apply this rationalized thinking behind some of the work that we do. But I still can't help but wonder: like, are there aspects where we can push things in ways that are maybe impossible to explain uh but it's just something like if i if i come back to like okay it's, it's like why do, do people add like this like button press animation or these things like that it's like well because these like people care you know it's like there's no real reason it's like because i think there should be one <laughs> and that's it um and i kind of hope that the stuff that i make kind of has that feel of Hey, like this seems like someone really cares about things that ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the population doesn't care about. So I don't know. This is this is kind of the kind of stuff that I, I think about at night. Yeah, no, I think we are in agreement for the most part. Me, my only issue is the word irrational, uh, and I think that's that's just a uh, that's just like a short sighted view. Like there is rational right. behind all this. We are just we just stuck at. at uh, describing it and uh, you know it's like it's really hard especially for i think designers uh, it's it's sometimes it's like annoying to to compete with data or like because data is it's black and white it's easy it's ones and zeros it's like here we did this this is the result act on it and tech companies have been relying on data for you know mostly good reasons and it's, it's a very powerful tool to have on your site uh, but like there's sometimes sometimes there's those weird things that those gut feelings those instincts that go either they go against data or it's just something you don't have data yeah. for you can't put into a spreadsheet to prove your point but you kind of know you're right uh and and we've been i think we've been trying to be better at it like as as professionals designers have been trying to be better at tracking and and uh, selling or you know communicating our our intents and the value of good design and all that that that's the trend is like we are getting better at also communicating that to people who can't see it and can't appreciate it and don't understand it and everyone even if you don't understand maybe code or don't understand whatever you can understand data like hey we did this there was a higher conversion more conversion there's this correlation with more money more money you know isn't that the whole point uh, like it's easy and sometimes I do feel the struggle like damn it I'm pretty sure coming up with like maybe this unique original Heather they'll be kind of new and so that is better right like I think there's some value but I can't put that into a spreadsheet or a graph that ultimately ends up in like more money for the yeah. company I just I don't know how and I think we are getting better at, at, at that but we're not there yet at, you know for everything like sometimes I I take my bike because Amsterdam. I take my bike to commute. So every time I want to go from point A to point B, I take my bike. Uh, you could say, well, if that is the goal to get to point B, then take the take the fastest route. Right? You'll get there using less energy, uh, less time. Time is precious, right? Time is money. So that is the route you want to take. 
sometimes I want to take the scenic route. I want to take like the long way because it's a nice day out and I can enjoy the canals and the views and, and I that will make me happier. And maybe it'll take a bit longer. Maybe special effect on the weekend, there's a lot of tourists. So it, it will take you longer. You'll arrive at the same point uh, and it goes against all the data. Like, what do you mean? Sure, maybe the scenic, you know, maybe the views were better and it made me feel a bit better, but wasn't the goal to get there and it took you longer. So it was more expensive, took you more energy and time. Is I think you took the wrong choice. You should take always the fastest route. And it's something that I can't just, I can't compete with that. Like, yes, you are right, but still, I wanted to enjoy the the pretty the yeah pretty i mean it's you know? kind of a misunderstanding <laughs> of what are the what is the jobs to be done here like you can look at it as the lens of like yeah. jobs to be done like teleportation from point a to point b like how do we how, what is how do we optimize that mm-hmm. but i think in your case the like sure maybe the primary job is to get to where you want to be but the close secondary one is just like enjoying the weather or enjoying the city or you know like and that's something that if you only optimize for one variable that you kind of miss out on but the, as a tech industry we usually only optimize for we are very short-sighted in right. how we track success and optimize for and you're right but usually uh the happiness and enjoying the weather and all that those metrics don't get into the spreadsheet because ultimately they don't you know, bring money. Yeah, like the the, I mean, this is kind of like the, the Soylent but... thing, right? It's like must have calories right, in my exactly. system. Therefore, what is the cheapest, like most convenient way to get that? It's like, but I'm sure, like most people would not be happy on a Soylent diet because right? mm-hmm. the jobs to be done is not just calories in your system; it's deeper than that. Mm-hmm. So, but so I, but I like your kind of precision here of. This is not necessarily irrational. There is uh, logic in in these things. We've we just haven't been able to express them yet. So it's kind of like mm-hmm. we're pioneers of human uh, human <laughs> needs. Yeah. Just haven't discovered the right discoveries yet. And you know, I think uh, the whole world is getting we're getting data, probably too much data on our usage of the interwebs and all the stuff you know facebook probably knows more about me than probably definitely knows more than i think it does but also it probably knows things that i don't even know myself or whatever they can you know they can just see all the patterns and like come with pretty uh, solid predictions or whatever but um that is you know i think that's the trend and that is that gives me hope that we'll get better at this right that that is the trend so yeah, there you go. And I remember you like a while back, like probably like a year or two ago, but on this show, you said something that uh, always stuck with me, something about like how we, the metrics we're tracking is like to not short sighted, but like we optimize for the short run and never for the long run. And so we just can't see that far ahead. And so we don't optimize for it. And that, most, you know, a lot of times bites us in the ass uh, yeah. down the line. But, and so... I think it th- there's a little bit of that also here. Um, yeah. Cool. Good talk. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> cool. All right. Uh, should we uh, move on uh, to side dishes? Yeah, let's do it. I feel like we spend so much time criticizing lots of UIs, lots of logo redesigns, right? Right? Um, I'm sure our <laughs> listeners know this better than everybody else. I don't know what um, you're talking about. But we don't spend that much time talking about like what interfaces are doing things right um and so i just wanted to give kind of a shout out to the uh, google calendar team uh i don't know if anyone from google calendar is listening to this but um i've been so i've been very critical in a sense or like i've been talking to a lot of people at work about how like all the little things that frustrate me about google calendar um because even though i talk a lot about it um like it's still it's a tool that I love. Like it's a fantastic, like probably one of my favorite Google products um, by far. Like it's just it, it's a tool that works extremely well for what it's trying to do. And I can't imagine managing like my meetings and my just professional life without Google Calendar. Like mm-hmm. it just it just seems insane to me. Um, 
So uh, the one thing that was, they used to be really annoying. And I don't know if you, if you do this, like, do you use Google Calendar uh, for work? 100%. Love it. Okay. So, um, and I'm assuming that you also probably book some meetings with people sometimes. Never. Just kidding. All the time. Yes. <laughs> right. Um, and so the way that I would do it is I'd go to Google Calendar and then on the left hand side, there's like a section where you can add other people's calendar. Which so is like brilliant. Add, add the calendar of so-and-so so I can see whenever they're free. Mm-hmm. I can see when we have a time that matches for both of us. So do, I would always do that. Um, and then I would like, when I find the time, I would click and create a new event. The problem is it would not remember that I had this person selected. So I would have to go and separately add them to the meeting and then like set up the, the rest. Um, which was always like kind of like it's not the end of the world but it's just like kind of frustrating it's like you have this information like just give me the suggestion mm-hmm. um and um i like i've developed over time like i've discovered that you can when you create a new event you can switch to the different tab that shows you like the availabilities so just like now like instead of adding the person i would go create the event first then find the availabilities of the person and then like move the calendar event um which was fine but not ideal again as a workflow um, and they recently they just change it. So whenever you add someone's calendar uh, and you create a new event, it will automatically pre-populate with that person. It will auto-generate the the name of the event of That's like cool. your two names. Uh, and even when you go into like adding the rooms, uh, it will prioritize obviously the available rooms. But of the available rooms, it'll prioritize the ones that you use the most frequently or like that each person uses the most frequently. So I have, for example, I'm in the Montreal office. There's people in the Toronto office that I have meetings with sometimes remotely. So I will add, it will give me the recommendation for Montreal first. I add that and then it will give me the recommendation for the person's office in Toronto. Um, And honestly, most of the time people book meetings on their same floor so it allows me even though i have no idea where where they're sitting in their office to add the right rooms for them um so that they're able to just attend the meeting and it'll be on the right floor with rooms that they're already used used to so really solid work honestly like this is everything that i wanted (laughs) for a really long time so um great job this is amazing can we talk about the syntax of that uh, auto-generated uh, calendar title event? Oh, yeah. What do you think about it? Uh, so for people who don't know what we're talking about, so if you if you uh, create a meeting between two people, I think, so apparently Google, the default is like, says the, the event name would be first name of someone space slash space another name. So in this case, Emma slash Kevin. Uh I guess that's like for one on ones or whatever. Is that your go to syntax? Because I, I've been really finicky about titles, like calendar event titles, and like sometimes people book meetings and like they don't capitalize it. I'm like, oh, can you give me uh, permissions to uh, modify the event, please? And then I'll go <laughs> and and whatever. I've been doing a lot of like for recurring, for recurring meetings, and that could be like. A weekly stand-up or like, a, you know, a weekly one-on-one or our, you know, daily design catch-up or whatever. For those recurring calls, I always add an emoji at the end of the of the name because mm. that way I can immediately just like recognize the emoji. Like I know what that's about. And uh, right. I also get better at like just uh, ignoring the ones with an emoji because like I see those, like those are familiar. So if there's like a meeting that just doesn't follow that it stands out to me um and i've also been dealing with i don't know if i wanted to put the emoji at the beginning or at the end <laughs> defaulted to at the end because if it's like a long thing i don't want it to get truncated by emojis but whatever so anyway uh for one-on-ones what i've been doing and i of course can't have the company follow this <laughs> rule so it's just me whatever i do first name and then that it's like a double arrowed um it's a it's a like a i don't know it's like a default it's not an emoji but it's default like special character um so i always use that so it would be you know first name that double arrowed and then you know other person's name right what do you do man i'm really curious (laughs) 
So there was this great Twitter thread a while ago that was like telling uh like what your personality is based on how you name oh, your one on one. Okay. Um I'm probably not gonna be able to find it, but I I will try. Um so <laughs> I feel like you're not gonna like this. Um oh, no. so for the one on ones with like my reports, mm-hmm. um I just call it one colon one space first name of the person. So like one on one Emma, one on one Richard, one on one Natalie. That's it. I don't include my name. I don't include That's not bad. Else. It's simple, kind of clean. Because my thinking is like, look, I don't want to have every meeting have my name <laughs> in my calendar. Um, so uh that's number one but for the so other person i want to keep it simple you know your yeah, own but, one-on-one you're going to see like one-on-one kevin like for you yeah because it's their one-on-one it's not my one-on-one <laughs> it's their one-on-one okay and theoretically like they only have one of those like this is the one-on-one if they have a, if i have another meeting uh with someone i will say like chat or something and or i'll do like something with both of our names in but for the one-on-ones i have this like very strict format <laughs> um and okay. on your questions i have emojis at the beginning because i've also been doing emojis for certain things mm-hmm. um i put emojis uh at the beginning damn it, Kevin. The end. okay honestly <laughs> right. yeah, I, don't I, have I, just, I just love having all the emojis being aligned that is fair. Like when I look at my calendar, like everything's like all nice and tidy, and all the emojis are at the same spot. That is fair. Uh, and honestly, I do have some inconsistency here because my design sync has a unicorn emoji at the beginning and not at the end because it does have the trademark character at the end. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. It's like just uh, like on the Apple Watch, you know, where you have a very small screen, you have the emoji. That's Sometimes true. the text gets truncated, and I'm like, uh, I prefer to have the emoji out and uh, text. Anyway, okay. Well, That's I would fair. love to know what our listeners do, honestly, because uh, you know we need more data points <laughs> to make <laughs> a graph. We can't just have me and Kevin. So, cool. All right. Oh, by the way, I just noticed I've been clicking a lot on my mouse while recording this. I hope the editor. Hey, Stephen. Stephen, can you make sure that we cut all that out? Thank you. Sorry. Um, most people actually probably believe that there's an actual Stephen editor. <laughs> It's fine. It's like, it's like your split personality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, dude. Should we get to recommendations uh, before, we, before we go on with Let's our lives? Let's do it. Okay, you start. Okay, so my recommendation is one of the most epic YouTube videos I've seen in a long time. Um, and it's a video by someone I have had no idea about. Max Joseph. Have you heard of this person before? No. Okay. I haven't heard of him either. Um so the video is about how to read more books in the golden age of content. <laughs> so um, you probably also relate to this. I certainly do. I always feel like, gosh, like, why are all these people like saying, like, oh, I've, here are my like top 10 favorite books of the year. I'm like, I haven't even read one book this year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, it's just so hard uh, for me to like just like stick with the book and read it and just keep that those habits. So this vi- video kind of goes in deep about like tips, tri- tricks, techniques for how to read more books. Uh, and if you pay attention, like if you open the links, this is a 37 minute long YouTube video. Jesus. Um, I could have read so many but, books by the end of time. <laughs> I know, right? Um, it includes uh, Tim Urban, uh, the author behind Wait But Why, which again, I'm always a really huge fan of. So um there's a little bit of him like his kind of thinking around it uh and basically what max has done with this video is he's basically traveled around the world (laughs) talking to different experts on how to read more books and how they approach things um he even talks to the guy that has the world record for the fastest reader in the entire world um and the kind of answers are really like really interesting really fascinating i find um, so I really highly recommend it. He also shows you kind of the best, um, the best, uh, bookstores in the world. So he like kind of travels. Um, there's, uh, some in, in Porto. Um, there's, uh, one in Lisbon, um, and a few others. Um, uh, they're really impressive. Anyways, incredibly high 
amount of effort mm-hmm. and production values for a video like this. Um, but it's it's incredibly well done. So I think this is totally worth your time um, and definitely gave me extra motivation and extra techniques uh, to help me read more. Did it work? Like, have you read more? Well, I watched this video last night, so. <laughs> okay. Okay. I, I will could have read three books in the meantime. Anyway. Cool. Uh, I'm going to try to, I'll queue it up. Uh, all right. So for my recommendation is this app that you, you probably heard of. And if you haven't, you've probably seen a video on Twitter. And if you haven't, well, let me tell you about it. Uh, it's, it's this app called Wanna Kicks. And I'm not super sure how much of this is like an actual app store dingus or if it's just like a demo. But it's this amazing AR app that uh, you install on your phone and then you just point your phone, you know, you see the camera, you point your phone at your feet and it will overlay AR sneakers in your feet. So you can like move your feet around and you can preview how these sneakers would look like. And it's like one of the funniest, like it's just one of the best AR experiences I've I've tried in a while, honestly. It's really, really cool. Have you tried this, man? Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, really cool. it's so cool. It works so well. Um, so, and you know, it's one of those things that kind of like gives me hope for AR. Like, oh yeah, yeah, I can see <laughs> that. <laughs> that would be awesome. Right. Uh, so even if you, you know, just download it. It's free, of course. Uh, just download it, try with it, and like, it, it makes an amazing demo, even like to show off to friends or whatever. So that's it. That's that. That was that was very a delightful experience. So cool. Cool. All right, uh, before we go, let's give some shout-outs. Uh, this week, we want to give shout-outs to the following listeners. Uh, listener Derek Gilbert, uh, Albert, Alberto Orsini, Kevin Gutowski, and Tim Bentz. Thanks so much for getting in touch with us. If you want to get a shout-out next week, well, you can do so by tweeting at us. We are at Layout FM, and you can tweet at us. Like You can ask questions. You can uh, suggest topics for us to talk about. You can uh, let us know what is your preferred syntax when uh, scheduling uh, meetings. You can do all that again uh, at Layout FM. I am at Rafa Hari. Kevin is at Vernal Kick on the Twitters. Uh, our website is layout.fm. You can find links uh, for all the stuff that we mentioned uh, in, the link, uh, in the show notes. And you can also find links to, for every other, other uh, episode that we posted. It's been a while. This is episode 141. So but there's a few. Uh, you can also check uh, our podcasting network that we are a part of. Uh, you can just go to spec.fm if you're looking for more stuff to listen to, more podcasts. Uh, check them out. And uh, that's it. That's, that's all I have. Um, cool. All right, dude. I'll see you next week. This is fun. Bye. Bye. shout outs what i wonder what the rules are for shout outs if we give someone a shout out one week and then they tweet at us and say hey thanks for the shout out they get a shout out the other week after as just the endless chain of <laughs> shout outs i see you alberto i see you <laughs> thanks for listening yeah this is great hey we are very yeah yeah i mean there's not a lot of shout outs so we, we still have room let's, for you know what let's let's keep this chain going <laughs> <laughs> every week Every we'll week. give you a shout out every week if you yeah. tweet at us every week. I mean, uh, honestly, this is just this just a very straightforward uh, transaction. You know, we if you tweet at us or whatever, you're helping out, just getting more people to know about the show. Um, hopefully, you say good things, or even if you're just adding feedback or constructive feedback or just like suggestions, you are adding value to the show. And hopefully, in return, if you are a listener, you like the show. Hopefully, and so if we mention your name out loud in the show. That's cool.
So uh, that's you know very straightforward transaction. You get your mm -hmm. her, your name, um, you know, read out loud, and we get some engagement and hopefully some marketing stuff. So you know, it's perfect. Win, Thankfully, win, win, no win. car accidents have happened so far. So so good. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, I mentioned that I watched the Avengers last night. Uh, I'm not going to talk about it. Ah, um, uh, why not? I'm not. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I need. I need still to first to process it. Second, it. get more sleep, and uh, third, I need. Um, I need to know more. I need to. It's. It's still very. It's. It's too soon. Uh, anyway, but one thing I can tell you for sure. And by the way, if you haven't uh, watched the Avengers. Uh, stop listening. Like, look at the uh, chapters because we might talk about Game of Thrones and stuff after. So, look at the chapters. Just move on. Um, spoilers lot. Actually, it's not spoilers. So, I'm not going to spoil what happens. I'm just going to spoil what doesn't happen. My theory that I <laughs> uh, made a. I really wanted to have it on the record. And I think a couple of weeks back was it last week? I don't think two weeks. I think no. Um, that theory was uh, was debunked. It didn't pan out. It's not true. Um, here's one thing though. Wah, my friend, wah, our wah, friend wah. Devin, actually, while we were like we were in the theater waiting for the movie to start, he was like, "Oh, actually, remember your theory? Um, here's why that completely falls down." Because remember when I said, "Oh, Peter is at the school bus. He was going to this uh, school trip in Europe, right? Right?" Well, it turns out in that movie, Infinity Wars, Peter says something like, "Oh, I was going to MoMA, or whatever." Um. So, oh my god! Like I, yeah. Anyway, my alternate universe, yada yada yada, uh, theory is not true. Let's move on. Let's move on. It's That's that is very unfortunate. I really like. The I movie, hope you though. tell me what happens in this movie because I'm not gonna watch it. <laughs> I really like the movie. It's who has time for a three-hour movie? <laughs> uh, Marvel fans. Uh, anyway. <laughs> I, I have one quick question, um, not talking about Avengers, but something else. Um, you were a Game of Thrones late bloomer, <laughs> right? Like you, you, I think it's still a recent thing, right? When did you get in Game of Thrones? Well, I'm not sure that I can say that I'm in Game of Thrones. Oh, no. Kevin. Oh, I, started, no. I started watching it last year, I think. Are you caught no, up? I also... Oh hell no! Oh my I'm, god! Never I'm mind. I'm halfway through season two. <laughs> oh my god! So, so for me, <laughs> I'm gonna get notes about this. Um, uh, for me, Game of Thrones is like the coffee of TV shows. <laughs> it's not that I don't like it; it's just I always choose to get something else instead. <laughs> <laughs> wow! Um, oh my god! So... It's amazing how wrong you can be, you know, in one <laughs> sentence. <laughs> I feel like it's it, uh, it's like the Maryland point um, HI uh, reference. Um, it's like you can be so wrong that you become right again. I don't think that's how it works, but okay. I think I'll I'm getting close to that, that point. Uh, <laughs> but um, I have been like wanting to get back into it. It's just I don't have time. <laughs> I really don't. Sure. Um, Okay. It's but I'm sure I'm sure it's great. Um there I've been getting some spoilers from it. Oh yeah. Uh that are like slipping through the grapevine. I mean, yeah. Um Oh well. <laughs> it's like yeah, I'm kind of in an, in the acceptance state. It's I don't think it would ruin my viewing of it. It would. Uh to be honest. <laughs> but I'm it just would. I don't know. I honestly, I I love the OA, and it's been hard to get through the season. Like I just, I have maybe one hour a week that I can be watching TV, and so this is not like I'm okay, not busy boy. Because I spend uh, I spend all times on other things, but um, it's just I've <laughs> I've like in the last few months I've just phased out TV from mm -hmm. my life for a lot of things. Um. So, anyways, I like happy for all the people. <laughs> With the Game of Thrones. Okay. Um, hopefully you have all the dragons you wanted and you are ready for the winter because it is coming. It is. Um, uh, but, uh, okay. Hey, yeah. I have a question though. Uh, not Game of Thrones related. So moving on. Because um, Debs asked me this question the other day because I think she was listening okay. to this one podcast. People were talking about it and she was. Anyway. So um, the question is, um, uh, it's like a little exercise. Can you rank... 
uh, in order of which movies are you most excited? Like all these summer movies, which movies are you the most excited about? So I can give you a couple options. You know, The Avengers. I mean, that's out. Um, you have Detective Pikachu. Uh, you have Spider-Man still in July, I think. Uh, you have Godzilla. That's another one. You have Toy Story 4. Uh, and I don't think I can remember more. But anyway, uh, if you had to... Because I don't think what I have What about the popular... Sonic movie? What? What about the Sonic movie? The Sonic movie? Is that this summer? God damn it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't think so. It but it, it doesn't... I don't... No one cares about that. So if you had to rank them, uh, which would be like the ones you, the one you're most excited about and the one you're least excited about? Oh, God. Um, I'm not excited about any of these releases, to be wow. honest. Uh, I'd say the, I'm the most excited maybe probably about the Joker. Oh, uh, is that this summer? I, again, I don't know. I've just seen a trailer. Oh, yeah. So I'm just assuming that it's coming at some point. Um, yeah. Um, I, I'd say second is going to be... I'll I'll name Detective Pikachu, but it's more a hate listen kind of <laughs> okay. experience. Like I'm so ready to hate this. <laughs> I'm not. I'm ready to love it. I, I can't honestly. wait. It's growing um, on me. Everything about it sounds terrible. Um, <laughs> so I but I am curious to see it. Uh, and who knows? Maybe I will be happily surprised. Um, okay. And yeah, I couldn't care less about any of the other ones you named. <laughs> wow. Okay. Okay. Interesting. Sorry. Uh, what about you? It's. Uh, I don't think it's a popular opinion, but I think you know, the Avengers number one, of course. But that is, you know, done. Uh, next would be probably Detective Pikachu and then Godzilla, but it's close. Um, and after that, oh, I mean, Spider Man is actually number two, and then after that is probably Toy Story down there because, like, uh, you know, Godzilla. Godzilla is a movie that is like candy. Like I know. It's bad for you. I know it's going to be terrible. It has no nutritious value, values. Uh, you know, it's like it's it's garbage, but it's going to give me sugar rush. Well, not sugar, but it's going to give me a rush, and it's going to be amazing. And it's like eye candy. Hey, oh my god, this metaphor is perfect. Um, <laughs> so it's going to like I really want to see it. And I know it's going to be trashy, but I'm going to enjoy it. And it's like guilty pleasure, whatever. Don't care. So it's like big monsters fighting. Yes, please. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, also, I've always been a big Godzilla fan, but anyway. So that is huh. out there. And then Pikachu is like, I'm really curious. I'm just, I I think it can be very entertaining. Um, and I'm a big Pokemon fan, of course, because millennials. And i uh, never seen a Pokemon like live action movie. So you know, there's a lot that, like a lot of unknowns that I want to just see to find out if they're good or not. Um, and then Toy Story 4 is like, it's probably going to be the best movie out of all these. Um, but it's like, I honestly didn't know that they were going to come out coming out with the fourth one and so i i watched the third one in the theaters i cried it was lovely it was perfect uh but like i had my closure you know i moved on I, like i closed right. the toy story saga <laughs> in my heart and i loved it and all out of the, oh there's a fourth one I'm like wait 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 I, I i was i was done with it i mourned toy story like i was <laughs> over it you know <laughs> and now there's another one so i'm not excited i'll still watch it you know of course but that's the reason why i'm not super excited if this was Toy Story 3 like it'd probably be number one or two but since it's the fourth one nah 